Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's Once Upon a Time After Show. I am Tiana Hobson, and tonight we are talking about Season 5, Episode 6, The Bear and the Bow. And joining me tonight, I have two beautiful ladies to my left. The first one is Roxy Stryer, a.k.a. Belle, yeah. is in the house. If you guys are on iTunes, switch over to YouTube to see the cool Belle costume I got going on. And she's rocking it. I got it just for you guys. How do you feel about that? It's amazing. Yes, and her eyeshadow is yellow and glittery, and it just fits so perfectly. You might say glitter on fleek. Glitter on Some fleek. Some might say that. Some might. Others won't. <laughs> um, and then next to her is our little Miss Red Riding Hood, Marissa Serafini. Hello, everybody. I like this cape. It's nice and warm. I'm glad. You should <laughs> put the hood up. You'll be like, I should. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Hold up. But it's going to mess up my hair. I know, and that's a little too and perfect. then your hair won't up. be on fleek. And that's okay. There we it's go. Okay. You We're put, having you issues. You put your sleeve up. It's we got okay. this. We got this. Um, there we go. Yes. Yeah, so a little Halloween spirit. And then I have my t-shirt. I'm going to stand up so everyone can see. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's Snow White and the Evil Queen. So there you go. That's us dressing up. We're dressed up. We're ready. We're, We're loving ready. it. We're ready. The Bear and the Bow. Let's get into tonight's episode. Bear and the Bow, actually, was the original title of Brave. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So I like how Disney worked that back into it. I love Professor Serafini moments. There you I go. know. Keep keep them coming, Marissa. <laughs> um, so we're going to go back to six weeks ago when everyone was back in. I, I love how it's still six weeks. We've had. Still six weeks. We've had how many episodes this now? It's six. still six weeks. <laughs> we had six weeks. I can't think the time would catch up with itself. Yeah, but nope. there's so many different storylines from six weeks ago. Goodness. I feel like we aren't going. We're going to be six weeks for the next few months. Like, oh, it's always going to be six it's weeks. It's always going to be six weeks ago. This is the longest week of their lives, guys, <laughs> basically. There's Seriously. a lot to learn. We yeah. missed everything. Everybody blacked out. So. We missed everything, and they We're missed everything. Out. Yeah, we had a true. lot of that going yeah, on. Yeah, so, I'm, I mean, before we get into the gist of it, like, we see Merlin kind of walking through the castle like a badass, just, you know, knocking guards out and turning on lights, and, you know, they're storming to go save to go free Lancelot. Mm-hmm. While they're there, they see that Merida is also there and they free her as well. One thing that was said during this was that um what's his name? Merlin couldn't <laughs> he couldn't get the magic off of the bars and he said this is a kind of magic I've never seen before. And Merlin's been around for a long long time, so for him to that just begs the question of what is Arthur into that he found something that even Merlin has never seen before. Dark magic. It seems like Merlin's mo- for the most part it's good. So maybe he he knows good in magic, but he knows of dark magic, but most of his powers are good. So maybe it's Arthur's dark magic or another dark one helped Arthur back in Camelot 
use all this that's dark magic. That's what I was thinking, thinking, too. Yeah, because it doesn't just seem like dark magic. I feel like Merlin, who has been around the block, probably would know, at least be able to put his finger on what it is. This seemed darker than dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is darker than dark? The dark one. So, True. Yeah, I think. It could even be darker than that, because Merlin, I think has dealt with dark ones before if he's been around that long and right we saw last i'm glad week. he got through that dark magic really fast though and whoop, yeah that was awesome thanks to bell being there and having the spell just handy to it was really interesting to watch bell be utilized in this episode the way that she was because i don't feel like we get to see bell being the most helpful person of all time uh, and, and tonight when Merida says to her something like, you're good with the magic, she's like, I'm glad you took notice. Like, nobody ever <laughs> freaking, nobody notices me. Which I kind of felt like I, I forget that she is useful. I forgot she was <laughs> in Camelot with them in six weeks ago. Because we haven't seen her really utilized. We see her pop up every now and then in a scene or two here and there. But she hasn't been utilized to her full capabilities while they're there. So kind of makes sense that... I, I liked how they gave her a storyline back in Camelot now, and then how it was still relevant and parallels so, with the story going on in Storybrooke. Yeah. Right. And let's talk about that story that's happening six weeks ago. So Merida, first of all, as everyone's walking through the woods, is able to delay Belle, knock her out, get her on a boat, and run away with her and no one has noticed, I'm questioning. It was so weird. I feel like the timing on tonight's episode, was, it was very slow. Like, they would deliver these lines and then wait a few seconds and then attack. It was, Merida's like, what's that over there? Bell's like, what? And Merida's like, I just said that so that I could get the others far enough away. And Bell's like, far enough away for what? <laughs> if somebody says to me, so the others can get far enough away, I'm running. I'm hitting them. Like, <laughs> Bell's like, what are you, whatever could you mean? Pause, pause, whack. Like, it just was so much time. I'm like, Bell, come on, bro. She's book smart. She's not street smart. I guess. <laughs> I felt like that in so many cases tonight. It was just like, there's so much time. How are you guys reacting so slowly? So slow. Yeah. Um, so that we had somewhere to go with the episode. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it had to be an hour, so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but Merida knocks her out and kidnaps her for good reasons in her mind. She needs help getting her brother, and since Arthur stole her wisp, she doesn't have that anymore, so she needs Belle because Belle is good with books and spells and all that stuff. So she enlists her help, but I love that Belle even said, why didn't you just ask me? Because you didn't have to actually knock me out, because I feel that if she had gone to Belle and said, hey, I need help getting my brothers back ASAP right now, Belle would have tried to help her in some way without Without knocking her out. Yeah. I completely agree, but T, we know Belle. We all three, we know Belle. This girl doesn't know Belle. She doesn't know that Belle would help her. So she said, I'm a knock you out now, ask questions later kind of person. (laughs) I I think that she could have gone about it a different way. But for all she knows, Belle could be a jerk. And Belle could have been like, nah, I'm not really in the mood. Then, then you knock her out, but you at least give her the opportunity to prove that she's a good person. I'm a knock you out kind of person. Too. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I just keep thinking the song, you know. Mama said, "Knock you out." Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna knock you out. Every every episode's brought to you by a song. Merida uh, says, "Knock you out." Yes, I I think I mean it. 
It was very unfortunate for Bill, but very convenient too. I think it was just for the writers to have a Merida have another female partner in all of this. It's someone who might actually understand who's been through trouble in, you know, the towns, whatever. And so I think it's just like a good it makes this pairing seems like the most fit because David and Snow White are off doing whatever, you know, and Emma's off, you know, like everyone else already has their story. What can Belle do? Oh, let's pair up with Merida. I completely agree, and I really enjoyed watching the two of them as a team. I thought it was interesting. I thought that their dynamic worked well. Uh, but again, I had another problem. I was going to say, the accents? No, the oh. accents. The, oh. This is another thing. <laughs> I, I believe that Merida's accent makes Belle's accent come out even stronger. All of a sudden, Belle, who I felt like was suppressing her accent for a little bit, like, full-fledged accent tonight but that's okay i love thank it's god a good accent. for subtitles yeah for i some mean of those. for characters that we're going to be seeing for multiple episodes try not to get a character whose accent is so darn thick yeah but she is good she i'm really i am enjoying merida a lot uh but the, the problem i had moving a little bit forward is yeah. with the whole freaking bear thing she gives her the water and i'm thinking <laughs> bell you're gonna die dude like if if something goes wrong here, I get it. You trust this girl who you don't really know, and you, you saw her hit a couple of targets. But, like, you're, she's not the only one going down, and her brothers. You're also going to die. All of you. You're no, all going to die. I, I saw it, point. Yes, I thought it was in a really good way. It was like, maybe sometimes the worst thing you can do when you actually face your fears is when you're, you, you are literally stuck with nothing. It's like, you have to face your fears. I agree that Merida did have to face her fears, but Belle doesn't... Why does Belle care at all about Merida? She doesn't care about this person. Why is she going to put her life on the line? And also, that moment where the two of them discuss, and she's like, no, by the way, I swapped it out with water. Took forever. <laughs> Nobody's shooting those, at them. Those guys should have shot her brothers in the time it took for that conversation. To but you gotta admit that was kind yeah, of funny. It, it, it was really funny, funny, but it, it took, again, it took like 30 seconds, and everybody's just like, come on now, like, let's actually start doing this. Are you kidding? You would have been dead on arrival. All of you guys. But no, instead you like bicker it out for a second. Oh, I guess, okay, whatever, maybe I'll take out this arrow. <laughs> Ridiculous. But I mean, it all... I, I, I understand what you're saying. And for me, it was that it all ties back in together. Absolutely. I think Belle... We, we Dingwell's hair was ridiculous. Yes, the, the <laughs> Dingwell's his son, hair. his hair was on on fleek <laughs> yeah, tonight. It was, every, it was everything. Um, but, you know, it's we terrible. saw Belle watches uh, Merida shoot the arrows and split them on the bullseye when she's concocting the spell. Mm-hmm. She hears the story about how um, Merida thinks it's her fault that her father is dead because she shot at the knight who was attacking him and missed. And she never misses and you have to stay true. And so then to have it come full circle with now, you know, she has to... You, yeah. We had to get that story so that there was the moment for her to prove that she can I agree. do it under pressure. And it's television, and so I will let it go the amount of time that it took because I did love the storyline, and I love the whole message. If you remember what you're fighting for, you'll never miss your target. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole thing, it was absolutely great, and I loved watching them pair together, but it was so slow at times. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta say it. I, I can understand where you're coming from. I felt like we spent a lot of time with Merida and Belle, but we could have spent a lot more time with Rumpel. Mm-hmm. You know, who yeah. who actually had a big key turn for his character, not to jump too far ahead, but like... He's hiding in a closet. We had a lot of time that could have been dispersed I, there. I thought that it was pretty well timed out with the two. 
Because I think that their story also reflected back on Rumples. Because here is Belle doing essentially what Emma has put on to Merida to do. Well, because, I, I, you know, she's saying, hey, I'm putting you on the spot right now. You don't have any time to think. You have to face your fears and prove that you can save your brothers right now. And then on the other side, you have Emma, who is making Merida go after Belle to make to force Rumple into a situation of facing his fear and becoming a savior. I don't even think it was that. I, I don't even really think... I mean, yes, Emma set up Merida, but it was more so... Belle put Merida in a position to face her fears, and now Merida's... And, and in turn, we got Rumple out of that, and then Merida's the one making Rumple... Uh, making... Sorry, we're having Merlin... Oh my god, all these <laughs> names! Um, we have... Merida. Merida making Rumple face his fears for Belle. So it all just comes full circle. Yeah. yeah. So I I, uh, I will I will yeah. let the timing go. You guys are right. It was great. Um another I'm having a really, really hard time with something else too, guys, which is the theory that I put out. The theory that I put out that I think that Emma is still good. It's getting harder and harder to believe that. No, no. I I have something to say to that when we get there later. No, I'm just saying I, I will yeah, just say I, that I have mm-hmm. I have something to say about that. I think later. it might be the same thing you and I. Yeah. Do. Okay. Um, okay. So let's move into present day. Well, because you know we all know that Merida saves the day. The clans are like, okay. That shot with the arrow cool. was pretty awesome. That shot was the sickest thing ever, and I wish I could do that in real life. But I love, and I loved how her Merida's <laughs> yeah twin or triplet brothers are all older. I love how, you know, they took the older adult yeah, all version of the her. story. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I just love also like just the woman in me. I love when you find kickbot women that just like can go and mm-hmm. like, she start with her father and the training. That's really cool to see. And I will also say this part and this is the girl inside of me so I apologize ahead of time. The Macintosh who played Macintosh <laughs> in tonight's episode looks way better than the Macintosh so in the movie. Better. So much better. So much better. Just had to throw that one out there. So much better. Um, that that was a character upgrade. <laughs> yeah, that was a character upgrade in a lot of ways. And being shirtless, I wasn't mad at. Um, but I'm still a hooker for life. <laughs> Feel that. <laughs> have to say that. So now we're in present day, and basically, Rumple has escaped, and Emma sends Merida out, and you know, with how withholding her heart, it is like. You need to go find Belle and kill her to force Rumple to be a hero now. So we have this whole thing where Belle's life's in danger and she's being chased and then Rumple finds Belle in the in the library. Well, Belle finds him in the library, like cowering in the closet. And the first thing I thought of, I even wrote in my in my notes was if you're Belle how do you feel that you went from being in love with the most feared man ever to walk the planet as the dark one to someone who is the biggest coward in the world? Like, how in her mind is she dealing with this? I completely agree. T, I, I had such, uh, so many emotions when I was watching this. I felt really bad for Rumple, but I almost felt worse for Belle between the finding of him and then when she eventually does come and he's sitting there and he's like, I can't, I can't protect you. That That's the worst feeling in the world when you feel just so unsafe and like the, whoever you're with 
can't protect you and can't help you. I felt so bad. I I think anyone would feel bad, but I think I liked how they showed just how weak and cowardly he was because this seemed like the lowest of the lows for Rumple, and you can literally only go up from here. Right, and yeah. I, I like that they they started his character off so low in this episode that in the end he ended on such a high note. Well, speaking of starting him so low, we have the the cup that he shatters yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, again. it gets shattered again. Yeah, I guess it was for good reason, but I mean, okay, I I get he used the shard of the, but you're in a forest, you can find something else that's easily as sharp to break those ties. I, mean, I think a that fire would work too, but I think like Emma that. would have been okay with it. I mean, sorry, I think Belle would have been okay with it if if she knew that that was how he's getting out. I think she would have been like, "All right, break the cup, dude." It's okay. Yeah, but also it's the symbolism of breaking the romance between Belle and Rumpel, and it makes the audience think, "Oh, their relationship is truly doomed because even the the symbolism isn't even there." So I liked how they showed that. Boobies in the chat says, when Rumble broke the chip cup, I literally felt like my heart got ripped out of my chest, just like Violet. Aww. <laughs> just got real dark. It's so sad. It is so sad, is but sad. I also took it as a, a showing of his strength. In order to break that cup with the meaning behind it and all of that, that took a lot of strength on his part to actually depart with something so near and dear to his heart. So I just want to give him that little tidbit too because it is a sad situation but then it can also be painted in a different light of the strength to take something from you the think person. that was strength i think that was like ultimate coward weakness breaking that cup like i have no other choice i looked at it as strength to too because he needed he was doing what he needed to do to survive um how did you see it as weakness I, I think it's just like he he was at again the lowest of the lows and he didn't have any hope left that he ultimately just destroy the cup he didn't even believe in that yet mm. yeah. interesting interesting i just think it's well for me it was showing the strength because if he had given up and was at his lowest he would have just stayed there and waited for his fate to kind of take him out yeah but if he didn't give up why did he destroy the cup to get out but again, I'm saying there are other things in the woods that could have been sharp enough to destroy it. Well, it might not have been the smartest moment, <laughs> but I don't think it was the weakest moment. Yes, well, okay. let's talk about another weak moment of his, because after Belle is the one to knock out Merida for a brief moment so they can escape the shop, he's like, okay, come with me. I have this. I know where we can go to be safe. And he gets in the car and starts headed towards the town line. And he's got his anti-transformation powder to protect them from whatever would happen when they cross over the line. And he's ready to run. And at this point, Belle's trying to... Did she try to jump out of the moving vehicle? Yeah, she did. Yeah. I was, that's the only reason he stopped. Because she, she was yeah. trying to open the door. Again, even the point where Rumple wants to cross the town line because he thinks he has no other choice. Yeah. It's like there were all these cowardly acts of his that it was building up to the point where it made the audience think that, okay, he's literally running. I was He's driving away. Yeah, I was disgusted with him in this moment. Like when she gets out and he turns the car back on and we assume he drove out of Storybrooke, I felt so sickened by him. Like, you have not grown. You are a coward. That's supposed to be the love of your life. What are you doing, Rumpel? It really, what they did, obviously, they did such an amazing job because I was so affected by it. 
I wanted to punch him. <laughs> I really wanted to punch him. I wanted her to punch him. Like, I did wake too. up. I wanted that. Right. And but I think we all kind of knew that Rumple was going to come back because they didn't actually physically show the shot of him crossing the line. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I felt like they showed the car moving forward. Yeah. And the, but and not I mean, actually he was like, crossing the line. But he was, like, right there at the line. I know. If he he was at the sign. In the least bit, he probably... But every time we see someone cross the line, we actually physically see them cross the line. Right. And then true. something happens to them. Like, they turn into a tree or they lose their memory, you know? It's just <laughs> like, we didn't actually see... Rumpel across the line. Yeah, and then this is the first time where I guess I forgot that Bell didn't know the real reason why he crippled crippled himself in the Ogre War. So right. he finally, you know, he's let her think this whole time that he did it for his son and he actually did it because he was scared. And she he tells her that and she tells him that running away never made anyone a hero. But he didn't want to be a hero, so that's not really that helpful. Yeah. But I, I also saw this. Maybe I'm just, like, really trying to be positive for Rumpel. But I liked how he actually mentioned this because it showed that he actually was very aware of everything. I mean, granted, we, the audience, knows all the actions behind it. But at least he faced it. And he accepted the fact that he was a coward. Like, an ultimate true coward in saying, no, I didn't go home to to my son. I did it because I was truly a coward. And the fact that, like, he reiterates that shows that Yes, he is a coward. So, again, the only way to go is up. So, what do you think happened between the shot that we left and it looks like he's moving forward and him coming to save Belle? What was that thought process or what? In in my imagination, he left Storybrooke, got over the line and realized and probably drove down a good couple minutes and was like, what the heck did I just do? I left the love of my life back there. I have to go back for her. Because I just can't believe that Belle didn't make it that far down the road be- before Merida came there and turned into a bear. So if he was stand if he was still sitting there and saw that and didn't immediately pop out, then that's pretty wrong of him. So in my mind, he left Storybrooke and then came back for her. Mm-hmm. What do you think yeah. happened? I think he immediately just turned around. Because Belle was in boots with heels, and she could not have gone far. So it was quick for Rumple to get back to her. Yeah, I felt like he, like, put the car in drive, then put it in park, and was like, like, am I doing yeah. this? Mm-hmm. There's no turning back from this point. What's going to happen if I leave? I have nobody. She's the only thing, kind of. But if he's really as cowardly as they want us to believe, and as scared as they want us to believe, then... What would have stopped him from, okay, Belle wants to get out here. I'm a coward and scared for my life. I'm going to just keep going and then have the realization after he's crossed the line to come back for Would her. he have been able to come back? He had the powder. He had the powder thing. Yeah, but the powder was just to make sure that none of the effects. So I felt like the powder made it so it wouldn't lose memory or wouldn't turn into a tree. I don't know if the powder made it so that he could re-enter. Because if the powder made it so that they could re-enter, I feel like Belle would have been a little more willing to, like, kind of just go for a couple minutes. Don't they usually have to have a magical item or magical totem physically with them so they could cross the line? I mean, if you think back to the, you know, the Queens of Darkness, they had to use the scroll, the witch was magical. They used that, had that in their hand, they physically crossed the line. I think it's just any magical property with you will allow you to entrance back and over the line. Yeah. Yeah. So if he did cross the line, he used that to come back. The, The most important point here is that he came back. Yeah. And just in the nick of time, he comes back and he kind of has 
I mean, not to sound corny, but he's accepted his fate and he's on the ground and the bear's on top of him and he's like, do your worst. And he sees that powder sitting there and last ditch effort tosses that in the bear's mouth and it transforms Merida back into a person. See, this was a really weird moment for me because so what if he, if Merida kills you as the bear? How is that being courageous because you're willing to die? If Merida kills you, She's also probably going to kill Belle. So, like... And she's probably still going to stay as a bear. for him, it's the fact that he fought and he came back and he... He didn't fight. He came back and he was like, do your worst. And then picked up the bag and threw it. Okay, I agree. So I felt like Rumpel didn't really fight. It was just all out of convenience. Yeah. But the fact that he did actually try to stand up and face his yes. fear, I will give him that. Yeah, I think it's true. the act of bravery that comes with it. Standing up in front of his fears and conquering and, and then the acceptance of like, okay, I can't defeat a bear because I have no weapon with me right now and I have one good leg. But... <laughs> I am here, and I'm sacrificing myself so that Belle doesn't. But, but get that harmed. wasn't the rule. If you... well, the rule also didn't say that if Rumple is dead, you have to still kill Belle. But it's a bear. It's not like it's, it's still Merida. I didn't feel like it really was. I mean, like when she when Belle's screaming, "Merida, don't do this!" and Merida kind of growls back, like. Well, I think it was just Merida taking complete form of the bear, because that mm. is the curse of Mordu. Mordu. Right. Mordu. Mm. I don't but, know. But, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was just more the fact that, from in the end, fortunately, Rumpel did face his fear to fight for the woman he loves, which that was the whole reason why Merida was behind all of this. Ryan Whittleson says being brave doesn't mean fighting. So I I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that. I do I definitely think what he did was brave. Um but I don't think that nece- that brave and heroic are the exact same thing. And I think that it was brave, but I don't know if it was heroic. I I'm so, it was definitely a step up and I'm really glad that Rumble did this and what he did he actually outsmarted people and he saved everybody. So you have to give him credit for that. Yeah, and I don't think that being a deemed hero necessarily I don't think you're a hero before you're a hero that doesn't make sense but in my head it does because Emma was the savior but she had not done anything to earn that title but she was still the savior I mean she eventually did do something to earn the title but even before that she was deemed a hero and I think because he is pure of heart and he's now brave he has the components that make a hero so it's mm-hmm. now what he does with it. So he already has the label, and now he just has to go do something. With really it. good point. Yeah. Similar to Savior. Speaking of being similar Sa- to Savior. Yeah. Um, so mm. Rumple does go back, and he strikes a deal with our dear Dark One, Emma, um, because he's like, look, I'll pull out Excalibur, but you have to give Merida her part back. Oh, okay, sorry. Christina Barker in the chat says, Brave is facing your fear. Heroic is actually saving someone. Hmm. Interesting. 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 Okay, I like that. Um, sorry. Mm, so, he makes a deal to get Merida's heart back, and Merida also wants to know where her brothers are. 
she tags that in there at the last minute. Emma gives her back her heart. And this is, Roxy, what I wanted to say about Emma and possibly still good in there. Because she gives back Merida's heart and was like, I was done with this anyway. And when she first took Merida's heart, she said she didn't want to hurt her or kill her. She just needed to use her. And then when she was done using her, she did give, she had plans to give it back. And in that moment, it was just in my head, okay, she was going to live up to her end of the bargain. And she really didn't have any other use and was going to give Merida her heart back and let her go. But I don't know if that's... I'm the... I want to believe that Emma isn't completely the dark one right now. And so far, she's affected people's lives negatively, but she hasn't really done anything that is... You can't come back from. So you're right, T. That is a moment where she gave back the heart. All is... All is well, kind of. It's going to depend on what we do with Excalibur moving forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, returning the heart, that was, in a way, that was good. But also there was a line where she was having the conversation with Zelina. Mm-hmm. Not to bring her up, but we have to. Um, Zelina said the line, some things can't be forgiven. And Emma disagreed with that. She's like, are you sure about that? Which shows there is still humanity left within Emma. She has the hope that things can be forgiven. So whatever wrongdoings have been turned on to Emma, the reason why she's Dark One, in the end, good chances she's going to forgive whatever and whoever made her actually accept her to be the Dark One. How can people get at, really upset with Emma right now? She She's the Dark One. Like, same thing with Rumpel. When Rumpel was the Dark One and people then forgave him when he comes back to being Rumpel, Emma isn't herself. She has this whole thing over her. Well, did they? Because at the beginning of the episode, there's the whole f- debate about um, when Regina's like, I have the Crimson Crown and we can make the spell so we can communicate with Merlin, but we need someone who was chosen by Merlin. And Belle's like, what about Rumpel? Right, not and, everybody. And Hook everybody. straight up says... He's had more chances than anyone. His fate is, like, something along the lines of his fate is his own. We don't need to worry about him right now. We need to get to Emma. And everyone agreed that Emma was the priority because she hadn't done as bad things as he had yet. Not even close. Nope. Doesn't hold a candle to it. Uh, she's only been bad for six weeks, and <laughs> Rumpel has centuries on her. We don't even know how long she's been bad for. We don't know. I mean, well, I mean, six, six weeks. No, when we maybe go back, four. Six weeks, yeah, maybe four. Maybe four. Maybe the full darkness. Took but everything place is still four. six weeks. <laughs> Even though she's tearing her son's girlfriend's heart out, I don't know how necessarily bad. I mean, that's bad, but that's bad. But Henry forgave her. Well, not really. I like the fact that Henry still has hope that Emma's good. Like yeah. that wasn't his actual mother that was something else that, you know, Mm -hmm. was inside Emma that caused her to do that. So I like how he still has faith in Emma. Tracy in the chat says Rumpel chose to be dark though. That's true. Rumpel kept choosing it and Emma didn't really you always have a choice of some sort but... But I think she's still in her phase of choosing the darkness because right, well, in the six weeks ago flashback, she's still in the presence of, okay, I'm still half here half not and it seems that six weeks later she has embraced the darkness but I know there is the debate we keep having that is there still lightness in her maybe she's not full dark but everyone has that chance to choose and it appears that Emma did choose darkness. Right and even last episode Merlin says are you ready to let your heart free? Free of what? And only the audience never got that answer so obviously Emma held on to something so it was her choosing to hold on and give in to the darkness and embrace it. 
Embrace the darkness. Embrace so, the darkness. in a way, she chose. She chose darkness. That's true. That, mm-hmm. that is true. But, I mean, and then you have Arthur over here who is continuously lying to everyone and making me angry. I'm so glad that they finally <laughs> figured it out in present day story. Right? Oh. Took them long enough. They are slowly piecing together everything. You know, they don't have their memories. It's so just they just found out that they did find Arthur when they were there and that's because Emma let it slip last week or did she let it slip or did she want them to know right um and then this week you have them trying to communicate with him and they go get Arthur and Arthur seems like you guys have done so much for us this is the least we can do but you know what whenever we talked before he only came to me when I was by myself so maybe you guys should give me some alone time no fools Fools. Arthur is wicked smart fools check the freaking fire dude Fools. Yeah. Check the okay. fire. And then he burns the magical Crimson Crown. Crimson Crown Which in the bottom. But he didn't even make it. sure that it caught fire and actually burned. He just kind of did it, stood in there for a couple seconds, and then walked back out and was like, sorry guys, something didn't work. And the whole time, I don't know if anyone else was looking at Regina's face in like, the background, <laughs> but I was, and Homegirl was thinking... I know I did that spell right. Yeah. He's not saying my spell did not work right yeah. now. I know he's not saying my spell did not work right now. That was just the face she was giving me, and it was everything. Yeah, it was, and because she's You're very confident. confident in everything. Yeah. What you just did was everything. That was amazing. Great interpretation. Thank you. Oh, Tiana. Thank you. I'll be I here almost want to make you do it again, but I guess I'll just go watch the video. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank okay. you. Um, so yes, Regina's we- way too smart. Yeah, she's way too smart to... We didn't get enough of her tonight, just saying. No, it was like, we didn't get to... It was all Belle and We didn't get Robin either. Nope, we didn't see him at all. Valentin in the chat says, they need to kill Arthur. I hope it's his heart that gets crushed. That's what I said last week. Well, you and Valentin have something in common then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Arthur needs to go. All right. Um, So they have to find a new person to... Just to get in contact with Arthur and someone else that Arthur has chosen is the author. Try saying author and Arthur like yeah. together. That's very hard. Arthur. Um oh, but I'm not supposed to say Arthur, I'm supposed to say Merlin chose him. Right. Yeah, Merlin chose the author, and that is Henry now. So Henry comes in and does his thing. And we see the voicemail, as Regina called it, from Merlin. <laughs> Merlin I love this. Voicemail. Okay. As we know, the producers are very, very big fans of Star Wars. And all I got was, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. And, and the whole idea is, like, we need to find Nimue. Nimue. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we need to find Ben Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of being fans, I love when they do their uh, callbacks to Lost. And we saw the Apollo... Uh, chocolate bar in tonight's oh, episode, yeah. which yeah. is the chocolate that was on Lost. So I love them when we do that little crossover. Mm-hmm. It's just nice. But the, yeah, it just shows they know their stuff. And I, I felt the same way thing about the Star Wars thing. Like he comes on, he's like, oh no, this message is going. Uh, uh, and everyone's like, no, wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. But you're listening to this. Something happened to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pass the mic over to Professor Serafini because you're going to explain to us the Nimue. Nimue. Okay. They're. they're Nimue is another name for a lady in the lake because during the Arthurian legends, there are several lady in the lakes. And one of them was Nimue. And Nimue was actually, uh, and Nimue and Merlin were actually in love at a young age. 
But Nimue is the one who actually was the cause of Marlin's downfall. Like, she, she took Marlin down. Mm. So she's not good. She's not good. But we but haven't yeah. met Nimue yet, or at least not to the best of our knowledge, unless somebody goes by a second name. Well, there's thoughts that in last week's episode when we saw Merlin st- go after the Dark One but then stop, that that could be someone who he was in love with before and that that could possibly have been her. Right. And that that's why he couldn't kill her and that's when he got turned into the tree. Mm. So there is that thought going around right now. I love the theories. Yeah, the mm-hmm. theory of that one. Well, um, how is Nimue going to help us? Yeah, well, because... According to Marissa, you know, she's not good. Arthur, or Merlin says that only one person, if you're getting this message, there's only one person who can help you now, and that is Nimue. And also, just the Lady in the Lake character in and of itself is known to protect the Excalibur sword. So, now that, no, not to jump ahead, but now that Emma finally has the sword, my only theory is that they'll bring Lady in the Lake just to take the sword away and hide it away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. I wonder what that would do then for Emma being controlled by the dagger. Because if the dagger is now Excalibur and then no one has it, how are they ever going to save her if they don't have the sword to Merlin? <laughs> Merlin. 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 We don't even know if he's alive or dead now. Too. I don't even know if I trust him. He could be stuck in another tree. He could be. But you don't know we if you kn- trust him. Why not? Uh, but we know Merlin has the problem. Sorry. We, we know Merlin has the power to take the darkness out of Emma. Emma was the one who was holding on to something, and she's the reason why she's still the dark one. Yeah. But we also know Rumpel also has the ability to take Emma down. Do we believe this? Well, I loved his parting words to her when they were down there and he threw the sword at her and was like, look, you might have what you want, but what you created was a hero. So beware of that. Basically, I'm coming for you. I'm going to go hook up with all the other heroes out here. And yes, none of them have been able to stop you, but none of them were me. And none of them also have been the dark one before and have a very insiders reading on what's going on in Emma's mind right now. Rumble's about to be the savior. He's yes. about to come in hot. I can feel it. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. That was a transformation of all transformations. And it makes sense that Rumple actually has this he knows the mentality of Rox. Er, of Roxy. Roxy. <laughs> Roxy is the dark one in case you guys are wondering. Um, Emma. What do you know? I keep looking at you and like Roxy was in my head. Like, he knows the mentality of Emma and, like, how to harness all the Dark One's magic. So, it's actually very fitting that Rumpel's the one and be like, I know exactly her plans, her men- her thought process, I know how to take her down. Yep, yep. As uh, Luke says in the chat, though, Emma and Rumpel weren't the only Dark Ones, so... Yeah, that is very true. And we don't know how many, how many more before Rumple there actually were. Right. We know that there was Zoso, mm-hmm. but we don't know how many more before that there were as well. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about briefly, um, just kind of with the whole back in the six weeks ago, Merlin and Emma at Granny's, because Merlin kind of gave her a little foreshadow here again where she finally realizes, oh, yeah, you were the usher at the movie theater. For the reason I don't know if I trust him. 
Well, this answered a big question for me <laughs> I because love this. because I wrote on a comment before in the mm-hmm. YouTube comments about how did Merlin get to Emma, like if he was trapped in the tree and how old does this make him and all this stuff. And he simply says, you know, it yes, I was so mature. Matter. It doesn't matter how I got my message to you. So was he like taking he, over people's bodies? He also and- says that the tree makes people age very slowly. And, and keeps their skin well. was, I think that that's the the actual writers of the show being like, we don't have time to explain have, that. We don't just have an excuse it. for that one, so we're yeah. gonna... Just accept it as the fact that Emma now knows Marlene. It's no joke one of my favorite tricks that TV shows can use, because if they don't have time for it, then at least they acknowledge that they know our questions, and then we move on. Sometimes when Just people, like Lancelot, how did you come back? Yeah. We don't have time for that. <laughs> exactly, like, you were dead, how are you here? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right. Like at least, we'll, at least you let me know. We'll get know. to that in eight episodes. <laughs> because if they don't at least address it, you think that they don't know that you have that question. But mm-hmm. they are smart yeah. enough to know, so they just kind of throw it in, and they're like, "Eh, well, maybe we'll deal with it in the future." Yes. Great. Well, the one thing he does leave Emma with at this meeting is, you know, I warned you before, um, and Excalibur will go back into a stone. You will then try to take it. Leave it alone, because the fate of your loved ones depends on it. And then we see her take it out and it's kind of like, I mean, come on, Dark One, you remember that conversation you had because you're the only one who remembers what happened six weeks ago, but you're still going after this. Mm -hmm. So it makes me a little scary. And then, I mean, Marissa already brought her up, but we're going to talk about Zelina um, and just kind of, do we see Zelina and Emma working together in the future? I guess. I guess. Funniest moment of the episode, though, was what to expect when expecting. <laughs> Zelina, <laughs> how'd you get that in your cell, girl? And craving onion rings. Onion rings. Yeah. I, I think that if Emma legitimately works with Zelina, we know that Emma has gone bad. Because that is the lowest of lows. Yeah, who is yeah. the worst person she could pair up with? Right. I mean, the scariest part is just Emma offers her the deal of protection against... Regina and anyone else that is a threat to Zelina. And then also tells Zelina, you might not want this deal now, but you'll be back. Mm-hmm. And we know that a lot of times the Dark Ones, when they say, you're going to come back for my deal, nine times out of ten, they do. So like, Yeah. Ten times out of ten. Ten times out of ten. So it's just a scary thing to remember. Oh my god. They're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, the... I don't want to see it happen, but then the fan inside of me would be like, ooh, Wicked Witch and Dark Swan together wrecking havoc. Like, that would be kind of awesome to see. No, it would not. Wicked Swan, yes. I know. Wicked Swan would be wicked awesome, right? Not to take away from Captain Swan, because I know that. Yeah. Oh, Captain Swan. Or no, not Captain Swan, um, the other one. Sorry. Um, Who are Swan you? Fire. No. <laughs> Gosh, there's so Which many. Regina, Regina and oh. Emma. Swan Queen. Swan, Swan Queen. Queen. Yeah, I was going to get there eventually. Eventually. We didn't have enough Regina tonight. No. She's, she had like three lines and that's it. But she gave, she served some serious face. And that's <laughs> all you really, if Blake was here, serving face is all that you really need, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think, Marissa, do you have some news that you wanted to share? A little bit. A little, little, little news little and gossip bit. over here? Sure. TV news. Um, as we know, Ad, the, the, uh, Adam and Eddie 
have released this might be a slight spoiler for all of you who don't follow ones but they released the title of an episode called the departed souls which in ties can be can lead everyone to underworld and then i've been predicting <laughs> since march of 2015 <laughs> that we need to go to underworld we need to get hades and meg and once has put out a casting notice for uh dg which is um a distinguished gentleman um well, that, I'm sorry, I need I'm one of those too thing. in my life, so I'm casting yeah. that as yeah. well. Yeah, ding- now casting, <laughs> it, now casting a distinguished gentleman, and then also they put out a plucky 18 year old female adventurer with a sly sense of humor and a tough, not no non spirit, no nonsense spirit. Which sounds like in Meg. Turns, sounds like Meg. Sounds a lot like Meg. So I don't know if I'm just very intuitive, or they're going to underworld. I, They're going to Haiti. I think they what happened is they watched the after show. They heard you say it, and then they included it. Yep. Yep. So thank you, Marissa, so, for making everyone's dreams come true. Like this is because of you. Thank you. You did that. You I, should feel good about yourself. I do. <laughs> I do. I feel great right now. So I mean, it, it would just be very upsetting if all this just led to something completely <laughs> different, and then be like, what, what? But how could they not go to? And we know that at the New York Comic Con, they said, what can we expect in the second season of the second part of this season? And they said hell. So if you're going to take it into literal form. Mm. Hell. I love hell. it. Hell and Hades and We love world. it. All right. Well, thank you for that, Marissa. Yes, you are. I know you're very excited. I uh, am. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been asking for this, begging for this for months. For months. So hopefully your dreams come true. I know. Um, let's get into some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Who wants to start? Roxy's shaking her head like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I guess I'll start then. I don't know if I necessarily have a prediction for the next episode, but just for future like we discussed tonight i believe that rumple will be the savior to save the town because no one really believes in him at this point besides bell and i also predict that emma will remain dark throughout the this whole season and it won't be like you know the end of the first half now, mind you, everyone could be commenting right now that they already said she's going to be turned. I haven't read anything about that. So I'm going to predict that we're going to go a full season with Emma being dark. All right, Marissa, what do you got? Okay, I think because now we know Rumple has the, say, courage enough and bravery enough to take to face Emma, at least. I think, as we all know, Emma's not going to be a dark one forever, fortunately. I think all of her Dark One's magic is going to go back to Rumple because he's the only one who can contain all that magic and knows how to use it. Mm. So it, I think it just, all that magic goes from like one vessel to the next. And I think it can easily get transferred back to Rumple. How that goes down, we don't know. And also, I might have skipped the news that we know that Core is coming back. Yeah. So if it doesn't get transferred to Rumple and it has to get transferred somewhere, where else would it go? Might be in Core. 
who knows? Because she's also dark enough yeah. that she could probably take that too. But I think just the way that they're playing it up, that Rumpel is the somewhat hero now, it'd be easy to turn him back to the biggest villain again. I, I agree, Roxy. I feel like legitimately for the first time in this show, I have no idea. I have no idea, and that's awesome. I I don't know where we're going. I, I uh, there's we're going to Hades. <laughs> I'm I'm predicting we're going to Hades just yes. for you, Marissa. Yes. I mean, I love that you guys are predicting our descent to hell. Um, no, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be there in a boat ride to hell, <laughs> literally. <laughs> well, make sure you guys let us know at home what you guys think is gonna happen this season. You can find us on YouTube and leave a comment there. iTunes. Make sure you like us, subscribe to us, comment there, SoundCloud. On Facebook, Twitter, use the hashtag ABTV once. And where can they find you guys on social media? You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And you can follow me at the Tiana Hobson. Make sure you check out everything we have here at AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV. And thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.